Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. It's amazing to, uh, to serve in the house of God and in the kingdom of God with so many people that, that you start to get to know well and that, um, that you've gone on a mission before and you... Um, and you do some, and you do life together, and uh, like like Marcus, for example, we were in India earlier this, this year, and uh, it's just so easy for me to to there just lean over to him and say, "Dude, I've got a serious headache here. Can you just pray for me quickly before I go up to to preach?" And he can preach. Ah, he can preach. He can pray for me, and uh, we just it, it's just it's just amazing, and to see Diawald running around here and. Um, it's amazing how closely you just you just connect with a nice space when you go with guys on missions and uh, or just work together often in the kingdom of God. It's it's amazing community. And if uh, if you're considering uh, or praying about where you should be uh, in the body of Christ, um, and this is where He wants you to be, then it'll be amazing to have you. But if He's leading you somewhere else, I want to encourage you get stuck into community. Uh, get stuck into spiritual family. It's it is really it's really amazing. Not hasn't got anything to do with what I want to share this evening. But this evening I want to talk about um, the loudest the loudest whisper. And uh, I'll share the context around the title as as we progress um, through this. Um, but uh, let's read one Kings nineteen verse eleven to thirteen. It says the Lord said. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. This is, this is God talking to Elijah. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And it's amazing. Some, some other translations talk about a, a still, small voice. And uh, it's amazing that if you, if you think about just a whisper, okay, I, I don't, not for one moment do I say that God only speaks in whisper tone. Okay, we, we know that. We see that our God spoke to Moses. We see that yeah, like God, when God spoke to Moses, it, he was in the thunder. Okay? His voice thundered. Um, and this is only like one example of where God speaks, but it's just in this context where when, with a whisper, it's probably um, you, you're talking without using your vocal cords. You're just using your breath. Um, and the, the interesting thing about a whisper is that my whisper to Jonathan's whisper will sound very much the same because it doesn't, it's not dependent on our vocal cords, which makes the distinction between our voices. But the thing is about a whisper is <clears throat> if I whisper is probably whispering to someone is probably one of the most either secretive ways of communicating or one of the most intimate ways of communicating verbally. Okay, obviously there's other other forms of communication as well. But in order to to hear somebody whispering to you, you need to be relatively close. Otherwise, you're not going to hear it. Otherwise, you're not going to hear it. 
And so you zone out every other noise by just focusing on that one thing. And sometimes God speaks to us in a whisper so that we would deliberately zone out everything else. Now, sometimes we get so spiritual, we try to interpret why is the earth shaking? Why is the mountain coming apart? Why is there fire? Um, and, and, and God doesn't even try to interpret why all of that stuff happened, to Elijah at least. But let's read what happens next. In verse 13, it says, When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave, because he was in a cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing, Elijah? What are you doing, Isaiah? What are you doing? And that's amazing. If, we, if, if, if you had to hear God whispering those words to you, it's not as if God didn't know the answer. Okay? <laughs> you agree? It's like, if God had to ask you, what are you doing here? Now, there's a lot of context involved here, and I'm not going to even try and unpack why Elijah was there. And uh, Elijah did respond in, in why, what is going on. There's Jezebel is after him, after he killed some prophets, and uh, there's a lot of context, but that's not really relevant to, to the message this evening. I just believe that there is an invitation for us to zone out of the noise, to zone out of the earthquake, to zone out of the fire, to zone out of the wind, to zone out of every other competing voice that there is around us, to zone out of those stuff and to listen to when is God speaking and what is He saying. Amen? All right. Um, here's, here's one or two questions for you. When was the last time that you invited the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Are you actively inviting God to speak to you? And then are you listening? Because we all have a desire for God to speak to us, but we very rarely are disciplined enough to actually sit still long enough to actually hear when He is speaking. Um, and uh, it's amazing to me, and obviously this is an Old Testament example, and this is Elijah, but it's amazing to me that Jesus found it as important for him to withdraw by himself and spend alone time with the Father. Now, Jesus is God, and if Jesus did that, then there's, there, there's, there's got to be something going on there. Okay? I loved what Danny Fonamarva said this morning. <laughs> um, I can't remember the context, but he just said there was something Greeky going on there. Um, obviously, the Greek, the Greek text and everything. All right, so read with me here. Jesus, by himself, went to pray. Okay, Matthew, ver, um, to, Matthew 14, verse 22 to, 20, 22 to 24. Okay, just some context here. This is, if you go and read Matthew 14, and I can't exactly remember whether it was in Matthew 13 or 14 that this happens, but... Jesus receives news that John the Baptist got beheaded by Herod. And so what happens is Jesus tells his disciples, let's get in the boat, we're going on the other side. We're going into the other side of this lake, going to the desert. By the time they reach there, the whole, I don't know who, who spread the word, who tweeted it or what, where it went on there, but the whole community rocked up there 
Um, Bible says that Jesus at the end of that fed over 5,000 men. So that means that there's still wives and children and, and, and so on. Um, so it can be a lot, a lot more. But this, that's the context, that's the backdrop of it. So Jesus is kind of, he, he wants to just get away from people. And he rocks up on that side and here's over 5,000 people waiting for him. So he ministers to them and the guys say, well, there's no food here. You need to send them away. And Jesus says, you feed them. So that's kind of the context. And then at the end of the day, Jesus says, okay, send these guys home. And as they do that, he tells his disciples, you guys get in the boat, head your way back that way. I'll join you later. I don't know. Maybe scripture doesn't record this. And maybe that conversation did go on. But um, none of the disciples ask him, how are you going to join us on the other side? They just like, okay, well, we'll go. And uh, this is where we pick up the story. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get, a, get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind, because the wind was against it. And then after that is where Jesus walks on water, and uh, where Peter also then subsequently walks on water. Uh, but it's interesting to me that in that time, now John the Baptist, you need to understand, there's a very clo- there's a, there's a cl- close connection between John the Baptist and, and Jesus, right? If you read right on the beginning of the, of the Gospels, it starts off by the story of John the Baptist, and, there about, and then it introduces Jesus only after that. And John the Baptist was the one that prepared the way for, for Jesus to come. So, um, there was, in, term, in terms of the purpose of why Jesus came, there was none other like John the Baptist that was so closely connected to preparing the way for Jesus' actually arrival. Now he gets beheaded, and now he and Jesus just calls the time out, and he goes and uh, wants to just be alone with the Father. So, the point just of this of this context is that. That there is, if, if Jesus needs to be alone with the Father at times, it is critical for us to be alone with the Father. Um, and uh, whether it is for comfort or direction, or we don't know what the conversation was there like between Jesus and the Father alone on the mountainside. Um, but we do know that after that conversation, Jesus walked on water. Um, so if you want to try it, maybe just spend some time with Jesus before you, before you try and walk, walk on water. Some of the surfers are going to go and try that uh, this, uh, this holiday. Okay, but here's the thing. In order, to, um, in order to know what the Father is saying, you also need to know His voice. I remember coming to Salvation when I was 15 years old, but I, I, nobody, nobody helped me to understand how do I actually hear the Lord's voice. Needed to kind of figure it out on myself. And you maybe hear a sermon here, maybe hear a sermon there, and you kind of pick it up here and there, or you hear somebody's testimony. It was nobody that really walked the road with me, helped me to understand scripture, helped me to actually discern the, the Lord's voice. But here in John 10, we read just about knowing the shepherd's voice. And that is the amazing thing about a living relationship with God. There's an invitation to know him and to know his voice. 
It's amazing what it did to the guy that I gave the car to. So I'd, I'd, I've never met him. I still haven't met him. <laughs> it, was a, it was a mechanic that worked at the company where my mom uh, worked. And he wanted to pay me. Um, he, he was kind of trying to figure out how he's going to pay me. And I just I sent the car with my mom to tell him that all he needs to sort it out is to get the car transferred to his name. Tell him that I feel God wants to, wants to bless him. He changed his life like that. Um, um, so, um, why am I saying that? Obedience. <laughs> um, that just the responsiveness to, to when God lays something in your heart, to, to just be obedient, to be obedient. That Not like next year, if, he say, if, if it is time-bound, if the obedience is time-bound, then, then be obedient within that time frame. Um, if, um, and, and that is also for me uh, uh, an indicator of how loud is the Lord's voice in your heart. Um, and um, all right, so here's a, I'm going to read you a quote from, from Francis Chan. Um, it says here, There is no substitute for being alone with God. If you don't have time, you need to quit something to make room. Skip a meal, cancel a meeting, end some regular commitment. Gym for some of you. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not a big gymmer, all right? <laughs> um, quit something, all right? Um, there is literally nothing more important you could do today. What plans do you have today that you think so important that you could race past the Creator to get to them. And it's sinking in yet. Oh, no, I'm not preaching down at you. I'm talking to myself here. Yeah, I, I, need, I don't have all of this stuff covered. Okay? So God is talking to me at the same time. God gave me this sermon because I probably need it more than you guys. Okay? okay. But the point is something, if you don't have time, something has to go. Either sleep or some sort of a commitment or some food. Um, Something. All right, Philippians 3, verse 8. It says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna spend some a couple of minutes, five minutes or so, just looking at a couple of hindrances that I that I believe that uh, that there is for a lot of us, when it comes to just either hearing God's voice or making it a priority to, to hearing God's voice. Okay, are you with me? All right, first one, doubt. Often, what doubt does, it makes us question God and His goodness. Now, why do we start to doubt God? Is this, it's, it's often it's circumstantial. We look at our, we look at our circumstances and we evaluate whether we can trust God or whether He's good or whether He's in favor of us based on our circumstances. And uh, that's a, I want to say, that's an incorrect evaluation of the goodness of God. <laughs> okay. The first and most profound evaluation of the goodness of God is Jesus Christ, His own Son dying on the cross for us. That redefines everything, and only then after that, starts the implications to our lives. Amen? Okay, so if there is doubt in your life, in your life, 
if you have a lot of doubt about the goodness of God or, or, or just about His heart for you, then if He says something to you that is not in your box about, yes, Lord, but I'm, I'm asking you about this thing. And He's saying, yes, but um, just, just, just come closer. Just, just spend some time with Him. Yes, Lord, but, but this. And, and that causes us to not actually hear what it is that He wants us to say. I'm not saying those things are illegitimate needs that you have. I'm just saying that bring those things to God and park it at the foot of the cross of Christ so that you can hear everything else that He also wants to say. Amen? Okay, so doubt. Another thing, discouragement. Makes you look at your problems rather than God. Um, and you can fill in the blanks there about what is it that typically discourages you. Um, and if, if we get bombarded by the news or somebody or, or a lot of stuff that's going wrong the whole time or a lot of conflict in your life with, at work or in relationship or just everything you feel, we easily get discouraged and we almost don't feel less up to it to actually just get up in the morning and spend some time with God because we're just like, just can't I just stay under this duvet today? Even anybody feel like that? Is, am, I, am I the only one? Okay. Um, it, and it happens, all right? So I just want to, I'm putting it out there as something that hinders, that hinders us actually from making the time, hearing God's voice. Diversion or distraction. Makes the, makes the wrong things seem attractive so that we want them more than the right things. And, I, and, and, and I, there's so many things that, that I believe that distract or divert our attention from God these days. Um, we are living in the information age. And I want to just submit this to you. And this is just impromptu here. We run after worship songs and we run after Christian events Sometimes, those things aren't bad inherently. But I just want to say, don't worship the worship songs. Don't worship the speaker. Worship who the speaker is speaking about. The song to whom the song is for. Um, that was just something, something else. I got distracted, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> okay, so diversion. Um, we often allow ourselves to get distracted. Now, I, I get it. I don't see many, there's one mom here, um, <laughs> to be. Um, that one doesn't distract you yet. Um, but it's, it's going to be a reality for, for a lot of you, is that when you have children, then all of a sudden your, your time gets split into all sorts of different categories and so on. But whatever it is in your life that distracts you, from actually zoning out, being at the foot of the cross of Christ, and spending time with Him. And I want to say to some of us that get very involved in church, serving in church can be one of those distractions. If you don't believe me, look at the story of Mary and Martha. Okay, uh, Martha was the one serving and wanting to get everything ready, and, and she was telling Jesus, Jesus, why don't you tell my sister to come help me? And, she's like, and He's like, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. You are dis and in some translations say you are distracted by much serving. Um, and don't allow even the serving to be a distraction for you to actually first sit at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and hear what it is that He is saying. 
Amen? Okay. Um, just, on, just on that distraction one. Chronic noise may be the greatest impediment to our spiritual growth. And I want to say, wh- where is your sweet spot in the sense of sitting down and spending time with God? Maybe you have multiple ones. Maybe it's at the ocean and you only go there like once a year. You need to find another sweet spot in Johannesburg, okay? <laughs> um, so <laughs> get the white noise app with the ocean in the background or something. But um, like there's, there's certain rhythms, there's certain cert- things that you can set up that will be inducive for you to spend time with God and other things now. If you're a morning person, then I want to encourage you, don't go to bed too late. Because you need to get up in the morning so that you can spend time with Jesus. One of the biggest conflicts that my wife and I had had when we just got married. I'm an evening person. She's a morning person. Yeah, that was difficult. And the thing is, we want to go to bed at the same time. And uh, so she'll compromise on going to bed later. And then we struggle to get up in the morning. Okay, so we've been married nine years. It's not that that's no longer a source of conflict anymore. Um, <laughs> we've grown a bit. Um, and, and I bought, <laughs> imagine this, I bought a, a one of those big, a groot wekker. It goes, one of those. Uh, so I made, a, I made a plan. But <laughs> when, when I made this plan, I couldn't get um, the one that suited my style. So I got an Anna and Elsa one. <laughs> to, and I figured that m- one, of my, one of my daughters will probably inherit this one. So it'll, it'll kind of, from Frozen. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Anna and Elsa, never mind. It's okay, you'll get there. All right, next one. Defeat. Makes you feel like a failure so that you don't even try. Okay, and I want to say this. I've written it down, and I don't write down things often, okay, (laughs) because some people need to hear this. You are not the mistakes that you have made. You are not the labels that people have put on you, and you are not the lies that the enemy tries to tell you. You are who God says you are. And I want to also say this, is that God... God's love towards you is not dependent on who you are. It's dependent on who He is. Okay, so don't try and earn His love by doing all sorts of right stuff and staying away from the bad stuff. Okay, His love to you, okay, He loves the whole world. But it only starts having effect on us the moment that we actually receive His love. So position yourself to receive His love on a daily basis. Amen. Yeah. All right. Last, last hindrance. Delay. Or procrastination. Makes you put off doing something that God wants you to do so that it never gets done. Often, and I just, I'm, I'm not saying this is a rule, okay, but often if you're asking God, God, what are you saying to me? I want you to also just do a check and evaluate what did God last say to you. 
And ha- what have you done with what God said to you the last time? Have you, if it, if it, if it was instructional, ask yourself the question, was I obedient with what God told me the last time? Because what I have found in my own experience is God often only takes you as far as your last step of obedience. If it is to forgive someone, then forgive them. It, on, like we, we want to draw near to God, and He's like, just like I'll, I'll give you the grace to even help you forgive this person. But um, then, then deal with it. And, and sometimes we try and kind of ignore that and say, yes, God, but don't you want to again just tell me, remind me again how, how much you love me? And he's like, I've reminded you like 10 times, forgive. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's good. We, we need to be reminded about God's love for us. We need to. But also listen to when God speaks to you about other stuff as well. Okay, our life flows from that place of having a revelation of His love for us. I'm not downplaying, downplaying that at all. But I just want to say that we run the risk of wanting to live a Buddhist monk kind of a lifestyle of just being, just sitting at the feet of Jesus and just listening to how He, sweet, how he, how he says all, all these beautiful things to us without doing anything when He actually asks us that. Okay. I'm kind of contradicting myself before I say the last scripture because I'm, that, that is actually the biggest point that I want to make tonight. But I want to say that don't, if God is laying something in your heart to do, then ask God for the grace to do it and then you go and do it. If it is facing up to somebody and saying, you know what, I'm sorry I did this or to forgive someone, that is often, that is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Okay, you still with me? Okay, don't delay. Um, all right, so what to do? Last two slides, and then I, I've got a, got a song for you. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wish. All right, um, okay, what to do? Okay, repent. You can see uh, I'm spending some time with Henny in the office, right? <laughs> oh. Okay, repent. Run to him. Rest in Him and respond to Him. Okay, so repent. What does that mean? It means that if, if you were delaying, stop delaying and do it. If it means that you're too busy with all sorts of other stuff, it means then cutting off those things. It means turning. The big, like Repentance means to, if you were going that way, then you're turning away, turning away from, those, from that way of living and you're going this way. It's not just turning around. It's turning towards God in what you are doing within your heart. Okay, so if it is cutting off some stuff in your, in your life, um, if, if your wife is a distraction, you don't cut her off. That's not, it's ill-advised. Um, you need to find other things to cut out, all right? Um, sorry, guys. Uh, ladies, you can thank me later. Okay, um, run to Him, run to Jesus. Okay, go and sit at the feet of Jesus. Okay, rest in Him. There's a place of where we need to rest in Him on a daily basis. There's so, much, there's so many things that are demanding our attention. And we need to find a place of rest on a daily basis within Jesus Christ. And it's only in Jesus that we can actually find that. We can find that. Amen?
and then respond to him. If Jesus is just saying, you know what, I've got this, then it's like, then, then you leave it at the feet of Jesus. If he's asking you to go and talk to that colleague who you've been praying for, for how long, then muster up the courage and ask God, okay, Lord, is there anything specifically that I need to look out for? Or whatever? Converse with him. And the voice of God is alive. I remember, many of you would have heard this, this testimony. I remember coming back from a missions trip from, from India while I was still a student. And uh, so, I, I mean, I did my Christian thing. I, did, I was on missions. I don't want to reach out now. Now I'm back home. I just want to just have some peace and quiet. So I'm flying back from Cape Town to Johannesburg. And uh, um, so I, I end up sitting to, next to a guy that I used to play provincial cricket with at school. Uh, there's also studying in Stellenbosch. So I'd, on the flight, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, I must start to talk with him. So I'm like, you know, you know what we do. Like, God, if that's really you. So I did that. Okay? I, I, at times, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to do. If you're not sure, then it's, then it's fine to, to do something like that, just to, just to do a check. But if you know it's God, don't, don't delay, all right? But anyway, so I, I say, okay, God, if, if you really want me to talk, because he's sleeping, all right? He's sleeping. <laughs> um, so I'm like, God, if, if you really want me to talk with, to him, like, w- wake him up, make him uncomfortable, do something. It's not, it's not a minute later he starts fidgeting and um, he starts waking up and I just get this grin on my face. I'm like, okay, how are we, how are we gonna do this? Um, so he, he, he kind of sits up and I'm like, can't sleep? He says, yeah, uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I might have something to do with it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so I started sharing. So anyway, so don't... Um, Respond in the appropriate way of whatever it is that God is laying laying on your heart. Amen? Okay, last last one, and then I want to show you, um, just play you a song. And um, this is such a beautiful picture for me, and um, it's such an important thing to drop in our hearts this evening. And it's a picture of a mighty warrior that quiets us with his love. Um, Zephaniah 3, verse 17 says, For the Lord... Your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will, he will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And the NIV talks about a mighty warrior who saves. And the ESV talks about He will quiet you by His love. And... Um, Specifically with regards to some of those hindrances that I was talking about, doubt, um, discouragement, distraction, whatever it is, delay. Um, it, is, it, is, it is so important to, to understand the heart of God in this. That He is a mighty warrior who saves. Um, and He will quiet us with His love. There's so, so often so much emotion just going on in our hearts or so many thoughts going on in our heads. And I want to encourage you to try and quiet down those thoughts. And if, you're, if your thoughts are going left, right, and center, there's 101 things that needs to happen. If you're afraid that you're going to forget them, what worked for me is to write them down and then park them. I'm not going to think about it now. Or if it's something that is really, really heavy in your heart, pray about it. 
bring it to God. Lord, this thing is heavy in my heart. I'm going to bring this thing to you. Um, so whatever it takes. And uh, I want to encourage you that if your smartphone is a distraction for you, then, then like, put it out in the, in the next room or something. Um, what it, whatever it takes. And um, this is a, I want to play you a song from, from Jason Upton. Um, and after that, the, the, the worship team will um, also just minister softly for us as, we, as I'm going to pray for some people here this evening. Um, and, and the song is, is entitled Whisper. Um, and, I, and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and minister into our hearts uh, yeah, yeah, this, this evening. If, if the words are going to be up there as well, but um, if you just want to close your eyes and just, just, let, it, just let the Holy Spirit sing these words um, over you. And whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is talking to you about, I encourage you, write it down. Um, make an effort to remember it and, uh, and take, it, take it seriously. Thanks, Marcus.
There is nothing sweeter than your presence and hearing your voice. Thank you for the invitation that, that you hold in front of us, God, to, to come closer, to draw near, to draw nearer. No matter how, how long we've walked in a relationship with you, there's always an invitation to come even nearer, to come even closer. And Lord Jesus, I want to Thank you for laying down your life on the cross for us. And this evening, I, recognizing the voice of the shepherd and following him, following his leading, starts with having a relationship with that shepherd. Starts with a choice to follow Jesus. So I want to ex extend an invitation that if this evening is a moment to you where you realize that God is calling your name, He's whispering your name and He's saying, here is life. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. We've sang about that tonight. You cannot find life in any other source except me. I am that way. I am that life. I am that truth. So me talking about being obedient to the voice of God and all those things only comes, only kicks in once you actually choose to surrender unto that voice that initially calls you by name. So if you're at a place here this evening and, and you recognize that Jesus is calling you by name, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that voice calling you this evening. So everybody, just keep our eyes closed and you can keep your, your heads bowed if you want to. But just respect this moment as everybody just keeps our eyes closed. If that is you, I want to encourage you just to be bold and just right, just put your right hand just in the air, just just as a sign to God and saying, Lord, I hear you calling my name. And I want to I follow you. I want to follow your voice. I just, want to, I just want to encourage you that if, if, if God is talking to you at this moment, that there is a place of where we need to respond to that. Maybe it's not like publicly coming forward or anything like that, but there is a place of where you need to respond to that voice. And like for Samuel, it was like, yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Your servant is listening. But be open then to, to lay down your life because it is to follow Jesus is you count the cost, you pick up your cross, and you follow him. And he's going to lead you. He'll lead you behind, behind, like at still waters. And sometimes he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. But his promise is his presence is with you wherever you are. And he will lead you. He will guide you. He will talk to you. I want to pray for all of us this, this evening. I'm, I believe this message relates to every single one of us. When it comes to an invitation of drawing near to God as an invitation to come closer in order to incline our ears to hear, I believe it relates to every single one of us. So I want to pray a prayer for all of us. And then I'm going to dismiss the service. But if you want specific prayer in any area, you're welcome to come to the front after I've prayed. Lord Jesus, we... We recognize that. We recognize your voice this evening as an invitation to come closer. Lord, we want to repent of where we've made so little of a voice that is so massive. That by just by your word, God, that you've spoken everything into being. And you, sus and you keep it. You sustain it. And Lord, so often we allow ourselves to get distracted or doubt even. So many things that hinder us, God, just from prioritizing your voice, prioritizing you, spending time with you, and allowing your voice to have the most weight in our lives that defines us, redefines us, and establishes us in our identity as sons and daughters of you. 
And I want to declare over people here this evening that they are not the labels that people have put on them. They are not the failures of the past. They are who you say they are. And you call them sons and daughters. If they are in Christ, they are your sons and your daughters. The old has gone and the new has come. Thank you, Lord, that you are trustworthy, you are faithful, and you are love. And Lord God, for, for some of us who, who struggle to just maintain a, a sense of just keeping our attention at one place, I want to pray, God, that you would supernaturally just come. And in those times when we are wanting to seek your face, that you would just supernaturally just come and just ordinate our thoughts. And the things that are heavy in our hearts, the things that make us anxious, and the things that we worry about, help us to bring those things to you, to find peace in your presence. So we can hear your voice. Incline our ears. Teach our ears to recognize your, your whisper over a multitude of noise and to be able to zone out every other sound, every other noise so that we would hear your voice, hear your promptings and be obedient, be bold enough to be obedient whenever it requires. We surrender our lives to you. So Lord, I just just have this picture, God, where a lot of us have become desensitized to your voice. I want to pray for a miracle this evening, God, that you would come and just make our nerve endings, in a sense, sensitive again. Our consciences that is seared, I want to pray that you would just bring it back to life again. And the desire for you that we have substituted with so many other things, I pray, God, that you would give us a craving again for your undiluted word that is the breath of bread of life and the water of life. And we would crave you, being with you, spending time in your word, listening to your voice, worshiping you. And yes, there's a time of doing that in community of God, but specifically when we are alone with you, May that be so dynamic, being with you. May it never be boring. Just come and ignite that fire in our hearts again. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jarberg.